So um, Shen and I are members of Kingdom Vineyard, and we're going to be attempting a tag team sermon today while our we um, three-year-old might be running around. So if he or I gets up and disappears for a little bit and they come back, there should be still one of us, and we're going to try to, yeah, <laughs> do this as, a, as parents and as a family, and that's real life. So um, this is part of a sermon series looking at the basics of Christian faith and how Kingdom Vineyard pursues such values and our practices together as a church community. Today, we'll be looking at evangelism. What does it mean to be a church family who wants to share Jesus with the world? To start, I want to ask you, have you ever had someone with a lot more authority or power than you call you a friend? It might be someone that's many years ahead of you in life experience, perhaps uh, someone of a different class, perhaps someone who's a supervisor or even a professor. I'm Korean American, we both are, and our Asian sensibilities tell us to honor our elders. And that makes it difficult for me um, to call those with authority over me my friends. When a previous supervisor at work had called me friend, I was like, what? Is that even allowed? I love the commentary. <laughs> um, that was not planned. That's just Shin. Um, so, you know, so versus Shin, he can make friends with almost anyone, a rock, a bear, the most intimidating person. Um, he can somehow win them over. So since we're in the UK, I thought, okay, let's kind of uh, mind the context. So what if the queen or a prince were to call you a friend after you got to hang out for a bit? That would probably be surprising, maybe wonderful, perhaps disorienting, because you might wonder, what does it mean for me to be friends with such a person who has that much authority and power? Likewise, if we're going to talk about evangelism, uh, about sharing about who God is, we need to consider the unsettling claim and invitation that Jesus gives when he talks about friendship. So today we're going to look at two passages. One is from the book of John, where Jesus is having an important and intimate dinner with his closest disciples right before he goes to die on a cross. The second is from the book of Matthew, after Jesus has risen from the dead, and he tells those following to share about the good news offered in him. So the lovely Morag is going to read these passages. And as she does, I want you to listen and consider and ponder how might these two instructions be connected? So thanks, Morag. This is a John chapter 15, reading from verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. And Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Great. Thanks, Morag. Uh, I want to start off by saying I don't think Jesus suffers from a logical disconnect in these two passages. I think they are deeply related. In John, the command to love each other and to lay down one's life uh, for one's friends, this is what Jesus teaches right before he is crucified and dies. Jesus suffers many things in that process, false accusation, physical pain and torture, an unjust system, fear and anxiety as he asks God to take this cup of suffering away, abandonment by his friends, that's our wee one, and then finally, a death where everyone around tells him, where everyone around tells him that his purpose and teachings were wrong. That's, that's a lot of pain, and that's a lot of suffering. Jesus goes through so much of the suffering and isolation that humankind goes through, dying the death we experience in a broken world. Um, excuse me for one second. Okay, thank you. Um, dying the death that he, um, the, dying the death we experience in a broken world. But this is not the end of the story. After three days, he rises from the dead, bearing the scars of crucifixion. And Jesus dies the death we die in order that we might live the life he lives. I'm going to say that again. Jesus dies the death we die in order that we might live the life that he lives. He promises resurrection, that for all creation, he will one day make all things new. And as we await the final resurrection for us, he gives a Matthew 28 instruction. Go out and make disciples of every ethnoi, every people group, and teach them about living in relationship with this God and teach them um, that he has made himself known to the world through Jesus. This passage in Christian tradition is known as the Great Commission. If Jesus' followers are called to share the commands that he has given, that includes the John passage where Jesus calls us to befriend one another and tells us that he, the God of creation, the author of redemption, calls us friends, meaning people who know him, who spend time with him listening to his voice and story because he says, I want to love you, to know you, for your story to be touched by mine. And in my story, your story can find a home, a shelter, a place to be loved. The God who made all things in his vastness says, I care about you, your heart, your pain, your story. No scar, nor wound, nor past, nor present is so lost that it cannot find a home in me. Among the many ways Jesus tells us how to relate to God, Father, Shepherd, Comforter, Jesus also offers the image of friend. Several weeks ago, Shen gave a sermon where he invited us to ask God the question, how do you want to love me today? What I love about that is that at Kingdom Vineyard, we believe this beautiful story, and we believe in the power of listening to God's voice together, praying together, hearing his voice together through words and pictures that he gives us to share and encourage one another, to experience physical healing and mending of the wounds in our hearts and our lives. These things have happened in our church. There's so many beautiful stories. Our church is a place where we come together to experience friendship with God and friendship in God 
It's pretty powerful when the thing that binds you to another is the experience of being loved by God together and also caring for each other as we meet in worship, to listen in prayer, and to serve together. But this is not just for uh, those of us that are familiar with church. It's to share with our friends and our neighbors, even strangers around us, to share that the God who loves us also wants to love them. And that is what evangelism is, friends. It's not just sharing or even debating ideas. It's definitely not showing your superior intelligence or your superior morality. The Christian story is one that says we are a group of broken people living in a broken world and that we trust in a God that has died and has risen to life and offers us healing. That seems irrational. We trust him with our wounds and scars because the Christian God is scarred. The marks of the crucifixion are forever engraved into his hands and feet. And he says, in me, you will find healing. In me, you will find new life. Faith or belief is not passive mental assent to fact. It's not the same as saying, I believe that two plus two equals four. I, I believe that the earth is round. The ancient Hebrew way of understanding belief was not abstracted from trust in an actual person with a capital P a trust that led to obedience. Belief or faith is then trust-obedience in a specific person, not just ideas or principles. And that person, God himself, he calls us friends. Abraham, Moses, you, me, he calls us friends and invites us to invite others to be friends with him. Faith is not about trying to prove someone wrong or prove yourself right. It's about loving the other in the deepest of ways. So if you thought evangelism was about rational debate or intellectual arguments, I would suggest that you need to rethink that because the passage doesn't say, go out and make students of Christian ideas. It says, make disciples who follow a person. And Jesus calls us friends, not servants. Evangelism is not doing stuff for God. It's about doing stuff with God. In the dinner conversation, that's the larger context of our John passage, Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit, whom he says will help us, guide us, and comfort us as we befriend God and invite others to be befriended by him. So much of the book of Acts then is the Holy Spirit telling the early church, go here, share the good news with this person, with this community, pray for them. Listen for where they are hurting and where they need the healing touch of God. What I love about Kingdom Vineyard is that posture of listening for the Holy Spirit. This is a central part of our Sunday services and our home groups. And from stories in scripture like the early church in Acts, or Jesus crossing into Samaria to talk to a socially isolated woman, or the story of the good Samaritan who comes near the suffering and hurting person to help him. In these stories, we see that evangelism requires coming near your neighbor. It requires learning their story, their hopes, their questions, and seeing their pain. It requires caring for them, and it requires friendship. Evangelism is at its heart friendship. It does at, at times involve talking about ideas, intellectual questions, but it's not disconnected from the reality of a conversation between friends. Many of the stories of people becoming Christian at Kingdom Vineyard involve exploring faith 
in the richness of friendship, and in that experiencing friendship with God. Evangelism then, brothers and sisters, is friendship which, which invites friends and neighbors to friendship with God, whether we just met them or we've known them for a long time. I remember coming into university many years ago as a first year student at MIT in the United States. And I was terrified because I knew how difficult school would be. I barely considered myself a maths and science person. And there I was feeling inadequate and wondering how I would survive what I imagined to be very difficult years. My roommate on the other hand was made for a place like MIT. It, multivariable calculus, chemistry, physics, all of that was easy for her in ways that it took me so much more work and hours just to pass. Um, however, my roommate badly injured her feet during orientation, getting severe plantar fasciitis in both feet. And while everyone else was going to parties, meeting new people, going to movies and exploring the city, she could barely walk a quarter of a mile without debilitating pain. I we were roommates for uh, two years and we got to know each other's stories. I wept with her in her frustration about how slowly her feet took to heal and we prayed for healing. My Christian friends were especially intentional as they would visit her and we would put her in a shopping cart as we took her to the movies or to the grocery store. She knew they were Christian and that my faith was important to me and she was curious. She grew up in a non-religious household in the American South. The only time she met Christians, they would tell her that she was going to hell. After weeks of telling her that I was praying for her, I felt Jesus prompting me to ask her if I could pray with her. And that took some courage, but I did ask her if I could pray with her. And she, though she was kind of surprised, was like, okay. And after I said a brief prayer, she looked at me again, surprised and said, I felt strangely peaceful and even kind of like a sense of being loved. We had many conversations about what we believed about life after death, if we had supernatural experiences or seeming coincidences, about what it meant to love and forgive family, and where to find that strength. She started to go to church and was steadily exploring Jesus over many years. She was incredibly bright in her studies, and she got into a prestigious chemistry PhD program in California. And one day in that year after we both had graduated, she sent me an email saying that she was getting baptized in the Pacific Ocean. I wanted to tell you, she said, because you were the first person who told me about Jesus. I wept like a baby when I got that email because I felt like all I did was be her friend. Evangelism, spiritual friendship, it takes courage. Not in our abilities, but in the belief that God will show up when we ask him to love our friends. Shin is now going to share with you a couple more stories of evangelism as friendship, especially in ways that are attentive to the Holy Spirit's leading and to the Holy Spirit's power. So, Shin. Hi. Uh, oh, gosh. Where am I? Okay. Um, yeah, it's a lot of courage. Oh, gosh. So, um, I was once a rural carrier for the United States Postal Service. Also, I was learning more about prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit. Uh, so one day, my coworker, let's call her Pat, uh, asked me to deliver the last half of her route. And I was like, sure, no problem. As those words were coming out of my mouth, I could feel the Holy Spirit nudging me just to ask, is everything all right? 
because this is pretty un- unusual. This is very unusual uh, behavior uh, in the post office. Anyways, uh, Pat replied, no, my son is in the ER. He had a really terrible asthma attack. And then I knew the Lord was like kind of nudging me again to pray for her and her son. So I asked, "Is like, can I pray for you and your son? And she said, sure, of course. Thank you. And I was like, uh, like right now. And she's like, now? Like, yeah, now. And so I prayed for her in the name of Jesus. And it was very awkward. And she just had this, uh, she visibly looked unsure what was happening. And I finished my route and I delivered Pat's route as well. And I was kind of beating myself the rest of the day. I was like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. It was so awkward. And I don't know. So in the evening, I get a phone call from Pat and she is screaming on the phone. And in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Something terrible has happened to Pat's son. And as I was hearing the screaming, I could figure out that she was saying he's healed he's healed you healed him and she kind of collected herself and asked to meet up for lunch and talk about this person named Jesus I was praying to Um, and we had a wonderful lunch and uh, I talked about Jesus and how he actually wants healing for all of us and that Jesus does bring healing Um, so I befriended I met her family I befriended them I walked them through just the basics of following Jesus and uh, led, led them to a local church. And it was just sooner and later, like they just became really good friends. And, uh, and I watched uh, Pat's family, the whole family got baptized the following Easter. Um, and that was just, it just took a lot of courage. Uh, <laughs> and also here's another story. Um, there was a guy at the vineyard I used to attend in the States. Let's call him Sam. Uh, Sam just kind of stood out. He was friendly and fun. Also, he had bright red hair, kind of like uh, the color of a carrot. Uh, <laughs> he also was trying to figure out if Jesus and Christianity was the right way or the, a good way. But, but he was also debating if just being a good person was just enough. So he was trying to figure out this whole, whole thing. And I didn't really know him too well. Uh, but on one Sunday, he came up to me to ask, and asked for prayer. It was an unusual prayer. But I, I just felt like, because I heard some unusual things, like the Lord was bringing up very specific brokenness that happened in his past. Um, But as I was listening, the Lord was also saying, despite the brokenness in his life, um, I love him and I always will, uh, I will always be with him. Come see my goodness. Do not be afraid for I am gentle and kind. So I shared this with Sam and his face was actually full of surprise uh, because he realized the Lord was actually speaking to him Um, through tears and prayers. uh, Sam became a follower of Jesus. And since then, uh, Sam has been inviting folks to come and see and know the deep friendship and family and healing Jesus offers every day. Um, So I'm going to just, those are the two stories. I'm going to bring it back to Sarah. Okay. So um, these stories that we just shared, they're examples of how the Lord moves as we befriend people, Um, not just in sharing our company, 
but in intentionally inviting them to experience the care and love of a God who wants to befriend them. We live in a time where people have been isolated, struggling and wrestling with broken dreams and disappointment. This is a time when God is inviting us to befriend courageously and to say yes to the God who befriends us. In a little bit, we're going to give you a um, little time to listen in prayer, but we want to invite you to respond in one of three ways. One, you might not call yourself a Christian, but you might be seriously considering following Jesus, like Sam in Shin's story. Maybe you're wondering how you ended up watching an online sermon. The famous writer C.S. Lewis says something like this, if I'm hungry, it's because I was meant for bread. If I'm thirsty, it's because I was meant to have water. If I long for a world different from this world, this broken, aching world that I live in, it's because I was meant for that world that I long for. And that Christian story, this Christian story is where one where Jesus claims to be the one who offers good news and healing for a broken world, where he is the key to that beautiful world that we long for. And he calls you to be his friend. He offers healing, hope, forgiveness from sin and the brokenness in your life and actually offers new life in him. So if that's you, I want you to consider praying uh, and listening and also staying for the prayer breakout rooms at the end of service so that we can walk you through saying yes to following and befriending Jesus. Two, for those of you that, um, us that call ourselves Christian, the question I want to ask you is, um, who is actually to ask God, who among my friends, neighbors, or coworkers are you calling me to spiritually befriend? Ask the Lord to tell you a name or to even show you a face um, of someone he is inviting you to reach out to, to care for, and to tell them about the God who wants to befriend them. Three, there might be some of us that are thinking, I want in theory to reach out to friends and strangers to share about Jesus with them, but I feel like I've barely spent time with him. It's been a long time since I feel like Jesus and I have hung out, since I've experienced his loving care and friendship in a meaningful way. And if that's you, we want you to now spend some time listening and asking God for that loving care and friendship. Ask him, how do you want to love me today? So we're going to spend a little bit of time to listen and see what Jesus, what God says to us as we ask, one, can I call call you Jesus' friend and become a Christian? Or two, Lord, who are you calling me to spiritually befriend? Or three, how do you want to love me today? So if the screen is silent, don't worry. I'll be nodding as we're listening just for a little bit so that you know the screen isn't frozen. After a little bit, Shin will share some words that he has been hearing in prayer. So let's listen. Jesus, if any of us are asking, can I actually call you friend and become a Christian? Would you respond in ways that the woman or man listening can hear? If we're asking, who are you calling me to spiritually befriend? 
would you show us the face or the name of someone you're calling us to love? If some of us are asking, I'm tired and I miss you, and how, how do you want to love me today? Would you speak to us also in ways that we can hear and receive? We thank you that you speak and that you love us. Amen.